Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch, recap, review, and rate, I don't know what I'm Whoa. saying. <laughs> Every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order. How many order. times have you done this? I don't know. I'm just, I have lost track. 36, 35, 36 at this point. Goodness. I know. Anyway, every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order. That's what we're here to discuss. My name is Steve. I'm your host. Joining me as always is the lovely Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? Doing great. I baked some bagels this morning. Yeah. Hannah's been killing it in quarantine. She's been like baking up a storm and cooking like awesome meals and making pizza dough from scratch and stuff like that. Cutting hair, learning the guitar. Yep, yeah, yeah. Hannah's really I'm gonna been... I'm going to come out of... I'm working out a lot. Yeah. I'm going to come out of quarantine a, a better me. Yeah, she's you ripped. You should do the same. Yeah, I'm I'm ripped now. <laughs> she, she had to throw away all of her shirts. Her guns I look are better just... than Nicolas Cage. Oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's true. That's what we're here to talk about, isn't it? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. <laughs> so this week, the movie that we watched... Was Gone in 60 Seconds. It's a classic Nicolas Cage movie about basically a car heist. And Nicolas Cage plays the lead. Mm -hmm. And the year is 2000. So we are finally in the year 2000. Wow. Not much has changed. 21st century. Here we are. But we lived underwater. (laughs) And your great, great, great granddaughter. (laughs) Is doing fine. Doing fine. You know what gets me about that song? What? It's the year 3000. Mm -hmm. And that song, let's say, came out in close to 2000 maybe like 2006 Mm -hmm. not that far from 2000 Mm -hmm. that's a thousand years yeah and this person has only gone through three generations yeah or four generations well so it's a remake of the year 2000 yeah i know okay but it doesn't make any sense it just fits with the song i guess and also the jonas brothers only made seven albums in a thousand years that's not impressive well, I mean, but maybe their seventh album was like their swan song and people still listen to it a thousand years later. Everyone bought her seven. Is it seventh? Everyone bought her. It doesn't matter, <laughs> truly. <laughs> we're, we're not here to talk about the Jonas Brothers, oh. unfortunately. I'll get us back on track here and ask you our first question about this movie, which is what are the ratings for Gone in 60 Seconds? <laughs> I thought you were just going to be like, what are the ratings? <laughs> and then leave it there. No. Yeah. Uh, so it's a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb and a mm-hmm. 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. So 25% makes it one of our lowest rated movies. Not as low as was it last week or the week before where we watched 8mm, which was unreasonably low. And I think the same thing. I, I don't think that this movie warrants a 25% no on Rotten Tomatoes. No, this was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It wasn't good. No. It wasn't like it's, quality cinema. It's not trying to be good. Right. It's trying to be fun. Yeah. It's a fun action movie. That is true. All right. Well, let's get into it with Hannah's segment, which is to discuss some of the behind-the-scenes information or a little bit about Nicolas Cage and his life in the year 2000. Yes. So, What did he do for Y2K? Oh, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> question. Probably purchased a lot of uh, frivolous things. Probably. Everybody thought the world was going to end. It's true. It did in 2020. <laughs> right. So when doing my research for this movie... This is a cult classic for a lot of car aficionados. Okay. So what Steve didn't mention yet is that they steal 50 cars. Yes. And all 50 of these cars are like either classics or just really 
souped up nice cars okay um so people who really enjoy cars also really enjoy watching this movie Hmm. specifically the car that people really enjoy is so in the movie they they name every car after a woman's name and i think they explain that they do that so that if they're talking about them over a radio feed that it's not suspicious if they're like i'm getting the the mustang right right yeah i'm getting josephine Mm mm-hmm so the car that is the most famous car from the movie and made quite a splash in um, Ford, Ford's world, okay, is the Eleanor. Yes. Which is the car that Nick Cage drives the most in this movie. I just, that is really all that's out there about this movie, all about the Eleanor. Like oh, people okay. go hard for the Eleanor. Hmm. So the Eleanor is a Ford Shelby, so I had to do some research. I like cars, and maybe after this movie, I'll do more research on cars. Maybe I'll come out of quarantine also being a crushing, car expert. Crushing it. Just killing the game. <laughs> I do I do like cars. Um, if you're listening and you have any connections to Aston Martins, I'd love to drive one one day. <laughs> Just putting that out there. And meanwhile, we're a good dichotomy because I know nothing about cars. I have no respect for cars. (laughs) I just think they're fine. They get me from A to B. So this car was a Ford Shelby 1967 GT500. And um, Carol Shelby was an American automotive designer working for Ford, um, best known for his involvement with the AC Cobra and the Mustang, later known as a Shelby Mustang. So there's a few different um, designers, I believe, that have worked on Mustangs, Shelby being one of them. So this car is a 1967. The original car um, was gifted to Jerry Bruckheimer. I haven't mentioned much about like the director. I just went straight into the you, car. You dove straight into <laughs> it head first. So it's produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Yes. Who Nick Cage previously worked on Con Air, The Rock, and then will work on National Treasure franchise oh, God. with, which we are stoked for. And it was directed by Dominic Senna, who I couldn't find too much on, but he also directs The Season of the Witch, which is a movie that we will get to watch in 2011 oh, that Nicolas Cage starred in. Oh, that a friend of mine recently texted me and was like, I'm going to watch a Nick Cage movie. And then texted me five minutes later and was like, never mind, this sucks. <laughs> so I, I did look him up as well, and he directed Swordfish, correct? He did. I, I don't know what that is, though, so I didn't mention it. It's a movie about computer hackers. It's John Travolta, Hugh Jackman, and God. Halle Berry. John Travolta And again. really the only reason anybody watches that movie is because Halle Berry's topless in it. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that guy. So Jerry Bruckheimer was gifted a the real uh shelby mustang gt500 from 1967 apparently he's way too afraid to drive it fair enough but for the movie they made 12 eleanors in total seven of them lived five of them were totaled (laughs) okay one belongs to nicholas cage who frequently takes him out takes her out on joy rides that's cool um i think a couple of them were impounded because even though they survived they weren't in great condition and then Mm. the few remaining ones were sold in auctions oh um, one sold in an auction in 2013 for $1 million. And then most recently, one Eleanor was auctioned off in January of this year, 2020, Whoa. for 850 something 
thousand dollars so is the appeal the car or the fact that it was in the movie so the appeal is both okay um because it's a remake of the car it's not an original model like they made these 12 cars for the movie but the one that sold for a million dollars apparently is the one that like most of the close-ups of nick cage driving it are (laughs) okay so that's the appeal of that one and then i think the one that sold this year is one that was involved in like a major stunt which we'll get to okay all right so we've talked about the Eleanor. Yeah. You don't even see the Eleanor for a long time in the movie. So just remember that it exists, but like you don't need to go into the plot knowing any of this information. It's just like there in the back of your head. So now we can talk a little bit more about the movie. Okay. Okay. So I mentioned that the director is Dominic Senna, who Steve said wrote whatever that He is, directed or, or wrote or directed Swordfish. Swordfish. Okay. So originally this, and I feel like this is a theme recently in Nick Cage Hmm. movies, and Nick has nothing to do with it, but the director and the writer disagree. Oh, God. And then the writer gets thrown off, and then they hire someone new. So the writer is a guy named Scott Rosenberg. Didn't really do any research on him. Doesn't matter because he didn't actually write the movie. Mm -hmm. So he disagreed with the director on um, the direction of the movie. So director fired him. Jerry Bruckheimer, I guess, like agreed. And then they brought on a writer who is actually uncredited, and it's J.J. Abrams. Oh, wow. Star Wars, right? Well, yeah. I mean, among several things, J.J. Abrams has written tons of stuff. Yeah. So J.J. Abrams, Jerry Bruckheimer had to do with this movie, and then it still gets like a 25% of Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're kind of known for their action. Yeah, but big action movies get higher ratings. So it's just surprising. Another thing I failed to mention, which is a big deal, is Hmm. this movie is a tribute remake. They don't want to call it a reboot. Uh, Bruckheimer mentioned that. From 1974 with the same title, Gone in 60 Seconds. The only things that parallel from those two movies, the only thing that runs over in the 2000 version from the 74 version is the fact that Eleanor exists. And... Oh, so there's there's a scene that Steve will probably talk about because I think Nick is in it. But the only other scene is there's like a Cadillac that's full of drugs. And that's the only other scene. Oh, that scene was so random. I know. So I guess it so makes that's sense. That's why. That's okay. why they put it in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that original movie held the record at one time for the most cars wrecked in one movie. I don't know who owns the record now. I <laughs> I'm sure you can look it up. Yeah, it's probably a Fast and Furious movie movie or something. Yeah, that's probably it. In 97 minutes, they wrecked 93 cars. Wow. In 1974. Wow. Yep. Huh. So a little bit about Nick. Please. He did most of his own stunts driving. Really? Yeah. He went to three different uh, driving schools in order to prepare for this. And the only stunts that he couldn't do were jumps and then... Uh, there's a scene, there's a very long chase scene at the end, which we'll talk a little bit about. I yeah. have a lot of information on that. Great. But it involves this Eleanor car has like a high speed nitrous option. <laughs> yes. He was not allowed to drive using that be- just for safety purposes. Did they actually use nitrous? I, I don't know what they did. That's That would be insane. <laughs> I don't think it's legal. Anyway, we'll get into that when we get into it. Because that, that was also a very ridiculous scene. Yep. Um, he was very much in love with Eleanor and begged to have a model. One of the versions, sure. Yeah. And drives it around a lot. 
Um, a less than a year, I think, after this movie came out, he had a Porsche convertible stolen from his house. <laughs> of course he did. Um, it was found at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just a lot of information. Like I said, there's all these like car buffs that mm. love this movie. And apparently Nick himself is a car buff, which I think anyone can be if they have that amount of money. I'm sure I would be <laughs> if I had all the money that Nicolas Cage does. Right. Um, so he really enjoyed making this movie just because of his love of uh, classic cars. Hmm. Well, he also did live in his car for he a did, brief he period. He did. It was a big hardship for him. Also, not shaving his chest. Also, he didn't live in his car because he was poor. He lived in his car because he, he wanted thought, to connect with the character. He, he, he thought it would get into character for him. <laughs> well, clearly anyway. it worked. Yeah. Yeah, and then a few of the other people in this movie, Angelina Jolie, she mm -hmm. apparently is also a big car aficionado, which, gotcha. like, how can you not be when you have all that money? Right. Fun fact, Angelina Jolie's father, John Voight, plays Nicolas Cage's father in <laughs> the one, the only, National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, like, familial connections in this movie, too. Yes, there are a few that we'll, we'll get into once mm -hmm. we get into the movie. But uh, yeah, I think we're ready. Are we ready to yeah. dive into the movie now that we've got that good frame of reference that Han has given us the nice background info a little bit all over the place. It's but you, you know, you know, all the details. <laughs> yeah, you dove headfirst into talking about the car. That's because the Internet is flooded with stuff on Eleanor. I believe you. I believe you. That's hilarious. <laughs> OK. All right. So let's go into the movie Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. As Hannah alluded to a second ago, we're only really going to discuss the scenes that involve Nicolas Cage directly. So we start the movie with he's sort of in it, but it's an opening montage of really poorly photographed pictures <laughs> of Nicolas Cage and Giovanni Ribisi, who plays his brother. Giovanni Ribisi has been in again. He's been in a ton of stuff, but he's kind of at least these days mostly known for. Uh, his work with Seth MacFarlane. He's been in like Ted and Family Guy stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, he's uh, he's got some show on HBO. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so they're brothers, Nicolas Cage and Giovanni Ribisi. And there's all these Photoshop pictures. So the first time we see Nicolas Cage is he's standing at like a gas station or something or like a, a go-kart a track is what it is and he's attached to a gas station. And it's really run down and he's talking to a bunch of kids and he's teaching them how to drive and stuff. There's a scream right in the beginning, but it's kind of warranted, and I don't know if I'll include it, but he just screams like, Let's ride! Yeah! 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 Billy, you just shaved one second off your lap time! Mm -hmm. And it's just like, fine, okay. It's cute. Yeah. All the kids. So he also, I think, in this Oh, wait, scene, no. At the <laughs> beginning, I... I wanted to mention at the beginning when he's talking to the kids like mm -hmm. the camera does this thing where you don't know who he's talking to yeah. and you just see him like giving an inspirational speech and he says something that reminded me very much of him saying from time no not time to kill uh balls attitude direction what movie oh, was that? that was god that was either deadfall Dead... or no. or not time to kill kiss of death kiss of death it was yeah, from yeah, kiss yeah. of death yeah okay balls, balls attitude. attitude direction he said something very similar to that he was like you gotta have speed, speed anger attitude and... direction yeah. like yeah. not he didn't say balls <laughs> right but i think he's also wearing a hat or a helmet in the scene and then he takes it off to reveal oh, frosted, frosted tips, tips yeah. <laughs> i mean i don't know if it's frosted tips i don't or... think so i think they just lightened his hair yeah they wanted the character to have blonde hair for some reason so that's beautiful and <laughs> then the coach from remember the titans shows up that's the only thing i know this guy from i don't remember his name 
And so he's the coach from, from Remember the Titans. From now on, I'll refer to him as coach. <laughs> and he shows up and he's like, ah, oh, we did this heist with your brother and your brother sucks. He's terrible. You know, we couldn't get the cars. And now there's some other dude who's worse than me. And he's he he's got your brother. He he's holding up Giovanni Ribisi. We need you because you're the best car thief in the world. And Nick Cage is all like, oh, I don't know. He's like, I'm retired. I'm retired. He does say <laughs> I that. Teach kids now. <laughs> he does say that in the next scene. So so the coach convinces convinces him to go to this new guy's junkyard. He owns this junkyard, and they call him the carpenter because <laughs> he loves to make things out of wood. So they they walk in and the carpenter's like, uh, he's also got a weird accent. He's like, I've got your brother and it's you, it's not like that. No, nah, it's Irish. not. It's not French. He's Irish, but I just can't do an Irish. And he's like, I've got your brother. <laughs> it doesn't it's matter. Like Lumiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. And and Nick's like, all right, well, I'll pay you ten thousand dollars to get rid of him. He's like, no, you have to steal fifty cars from me by Friday. And again, that's when Nick goes. I'm retired. It's like three days, right? Seventy-two yeah, hours. Yeah, it's like Tuesday or or something. By so Tuesday to Friday, something like that. Doesn't matter. And so he's like, or else I'll do this to your brother. And they walk outside, and Giovanni Ribisi is handcuffed to a car that's in one of those compactors that you would see in a junkyard. Mm-hmm. And the compactor starts slowly crushing Giovanni Ribisi. And here's probably the first good real scream where it's just. Nick Cage starts screaming at him to shut it off. It's shut it off, shut it off, shut it off. Shut it off, turn it off. You got thirty seconds to consider your options. Shut it off. And you know he steals a gun, and everybody's got a Mexican standoff. They're pointing guns at each other, and Nick's like, "All right, I'll do it. I'll steal the cars." But then the next scene is Nick Cage and Giovanni Ribisi are at Giovanni Ribisi's house, and they're just like eating breakfast. Why? Why didn't? The they villain like jump immediately into action. Why didn't no no no? Why didn't the villain, the carpenter, like keep the brother? Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, why that makes no sense. Why didn't they just run away? Why didn't they tell the cops? Because Nick Cage at this point has been clean for years. He's had run-ins with the cops, so he could just go to the cops and be like, "Hey, there's this guy who wants to steal fifty cars. I know exactly where he is. I know when he's going to do it. Here's what he wants me to do. You can take them all down." <laughs> <laughs> Because then there wouldn't be a plot for the movie. Because then there wouldn't be a plot for the movie. But it's really, really poorly, I guess, written, but probably because there were several writers. Yeah. That just kind of mucked it up. J.J. Abrams, I blame you, sir. J.J. Abrams isn't like, he's not like Hemingway. He's not the world's best writer, you know? he's He writes stupid action movies. Yeah, but those and stupid action movies usually have linear plots. He wrote one good Star Wars movie. <laughs> So anyway, they're at Giovanni Ribisi's house eating <laughs> eating breakfast, and up on the bottom of the screen pops up a countdown clock to when the cars mm-hmm. are to be delivered, which is great. But also, Nick Cage has a bit of a nouveau shamanic moment when he gags on the food that, that Giovanni <laughs> Ribisi makes. It's a really funny face, but I don't think it's going to win most nouveau shamanic No, moment. no, there are a few things that were choice. Yeah. So the next scene we see Nick Cage is he goes to a random diner to go visit his mother who works at the diner. Not really much happens in this scene except that he has a quick conversation with his mother and then runs into these two detectives, one of which is Timothy Oliphant. Danny Cordray. Danny Cordray from The Office. (laughs) And that's not his only role at all. (laughs) But there's this... I don't know who the other guy is. Did you recognize the other detective? Let me look. Okay. Delroy Lindo. Get Shorty. I've heard of Get Shorty. I've never seen it. Is that a Travolta movie? 
Yeah, and Danny DeVito, right? Yes, sir. Anyway, we don't know who that guy is, so we'll uh, we'll just refer to them as Timothy Oliphant and the other guy. So the detectives. The detectives. So Nick Cage then goes to Robert Duvall's chop shop, which is you know who's like yeah Robert Duvall. He's a he's a good actor. He's in stuff. Yeah. So Nick Cage asks him for help. And again, I'm like, why don't they just go to the police? Because Robert Duvall's been clean for years. He's like, oh, no, I don't, I don't steal cars anymore. It's like, well, then go to the police. Uh, I don't know. So they're like, all Probably right. Probably because this, the younger brother did a boost like the night before, right? Yeah. So yeah. they know that he would get in trouble for that. Or, I mean, they can probably make a deal with the cops. It's like, right. hey, I stole this one car. However, there's going to be 50 that are being taken. And then what? didn't he have another crime? This Irish dude? The French guy? <laughs> yeah, the French guy. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. At the end. He shot a bunch of people. The detective was like, oh, we're also trying to get him for three counts of this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that was somebody else. Oh. That was Vinnie Jones. Oh, my bad. So while they're at the chop shop, that's a good segue. While they're at the chop shop, they're like, all right, I'll help you but we need a crew. Yeah. And so they start cue the montage of them calling all these random people. It takes who, like a full 24 hours to acquire the crew. Meanwhile, they have 72 hours to do this. They've got 72 hours. And they spent like 40 of those hours just making cold calls to people they used to know. <laughs> and they give people's wives and grandmothers and some. They're like, no, he moved out to Florida. He's dead. So the only two people who are left, actually, there's one guy who says, yeah, I'll do it. And he's just kind of like this witty guy or whatever. But he And he really plays very little part in the movie. But the other two. I don't you remember who you're talking about. I, and again, I don't remember the actor's name, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> But so the only two people, they, they go down the list in alphabetical order, by the way, they show the list. And the last two are Sphinx and Sway. Sphinx is played by Vinnie Jones, Vinnie Jones, mm-hmm. who's an Australian actor, I believe, who's most, I believe, most known for playing the juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut, bitch, from X-Men. You know, remember that? I've never seen X-Men. I've oh, never seen X-Men. I, in high school, people would walk down the halls and be like, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. People said it all the time. It was such a stupid, campy line, but it was great. Anyway. People in my high school would say, get swole a lot. Ew. Ah. Uh, <laughs> generations. Hannah's 14 years younger than oh, me. Oh, yep. So... <laughs> So that's Steve's the difference. 80. Yeah, I'm 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 80. <laughs> that puts Steve's you in your 60s. I'm 66. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so it's Vinnie Jones, the juggernaut, and Sway is the other one. It's Angelina Jolie. So they're trying to convince Angelina Jolie to join part of their crew, and she's like, "No, I won't do it." She has blonde dreadlocks. Oh yeah, thank you. I almost glossed right over that. She does not look great. And then later in the movie. So this all takes place in 72 hours. Right. So the next day, she no longer has dreadlocks. Yeah. And then the- on the third day, she has dreadlocks again. Yeah. Can we talk about... Okay. I feel like this is a real legally blonde moment. You know, at the end of the movie, I'm going to school you in something really quick. Okay. Well, we'll just talk about legally blonde yeah, real quick. Yeah, we're going to talk about legally <laughs> blonde Because we talked about quick. X-Men for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we always talk about Marvel movies or I whatever guess. that is. Uh-huh. But I think this is important so that I can teach you something. Great. So at the end of Legally Blonde... The uh, climax comes to this court scene. I figured. And we learn by some way or another that if you have a perm, you cannot get it wet within like 24 hours or something like that or Mm. else the perm won't stick. And Mm. she still has her perm and and the girl lies and says she was in the shower and then it's like, ah, 
well, you wouldn't have those curls intact because gotcha. you can't get them wet. Mm-hmm. Similarly, you cannot... Re- it, it takes a long time to, first of all, create dreadlocks in your hair. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, you cannot just remove them in a day and then have your hair look that like luscious and nice. Like It's going to look pretty horrible yeah. as soon as you remove them. And then, like I said, it takes a while to form them again. So you can't just have them on the third day again. When did she have time to put dreadlocks in her hair? So what you're saying is that the character wears a wig. She must. Yeah. Not just Angelina Jolie because she's clearly wearing a wig. But No, I don't think she's wearing a wig. What? So then how did they do all the stuff that you're talking about with the hair? I guess because it's over the course of several months filming. Mm, they're probably not real dreadlocks, but you have mm. to assume that like this Extensions character would have real dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they right. probably just, like, ratted her hair up and, I don't know, I mean, movie magic. I don't know. Wow. This is a real Hannah F- this is a focused episode. We Car- can delete all Cars this and well. hair. Cars and hair. Those are my two things. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, is Hannah coming to the party? Oh, you mean that girl that's always talking about cars and hair? That's Yeah, those her. are two things that really define my personality. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, as Nick Cage is trying to get Angelina Jolie to be a part of her crew, and she's like, no, I'm clean for the past six months or something. She also owns a, she's a mechanic and she's a bartender. Nick Cage... He does that thing where he pounds his fist on the bar because he's getting mad at somebody. It doesn't matter. But he like really awkwardly pounds his fist like he did in last week's movie. And it's just... I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So awkward. But so he's walking out of the bar a little bummed. And this gang shows up out of nowhere. And they're like, hey, man, you know, we were supposed to get that that order. 50 car order. Yeah. We were supposed to be the ones to steal the 50 cars. like, great. Go ahead. Help us. Yeah. We'll split the cash with you. Right. Why don't we all do it? <laughs> I don't want the money. I just want my brother to be safe. Right. That's the entire motivation for this, a brother's love. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but so then because they all get in a fight and they've got Nick Cage pinned down, Vinnie Jones shows up and he just beats the hell out of everybody and blows up three other cars. Just Actually, is there money involved at all? I don't think so. Nick Cage isn't getting any money. Then what? are all these other people in this for? I guess be- that's a good question. I don't know. How could you how could you convince all these people to steal 50 I guess that's why they could only get cars. I guess that's why they could only get so many people. But these people are idiots. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is not again, it's not well written when you really think about it. No. <laughs> it is fun though. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. So <laughs> You know, he's got a very small crew and he goes back to Giovanni Rabisi's house and he's talking about why he left the car stealing business and he starts getting real sexual with it. He's like, <laughs> oh man, I used to steal cars and just blast Ew. off. And it's exactly like that. It's so uncomfortable. Cringeworthy. And this was when I wrote down in my notes, I was like, why don't they just run? Why don't they just like move <laughs> to a different state? Anyway. Or Mexico. Or Mexico so they're back in robert duvall's shop and nick cage is just waving his hands around really weirdly he you know somebody comes up is like hey there's a problem and he starts like circling his hands around real quick he's like what what's the problem as and he's like hitting those beats like propelling his hands yeah so strange and he, there's another scream but i'm not going to put it in because it's nicholas cage screaming over 
Giovanni Rabisi, they're just yelling at each other, and he's like, he says something along the lines of like, well, why don't you call mom and explain to her why we can't steal cars and blah, blah, blah. Mommy, I believe he said. Uh, he may have said mommy. <laughs> we may have said mommy. I'm not sure. So then they're like, all right, well, we've got a new crew, and it's all of Giovanni Rabisi's friends, and one guy's the computer guy, and one guy's got gadgets, and one guy's the idiot, but he's lovable, and it's just, it's paint by numbers, but so... The next scene is one of the best. This whole movie so prescribed. Because they're setting up the heist and they're like, all right, we need to we need to figure out how we're going to do this heist. We're going to do it all in one night because then that way the cops won't be after us. You know, if we steal one and we make a mistake, then the cops won't be after us. So in order to stake out all the cars and things, Nick Cage goes to, it's like a Ford, a Mustang dealer or like a, a Porsche dealer or something. And he's wearing a suit. And he's got a pipe, God, and he just pretends to be so pretentious. And he's like, "Oh well, what? Uh, where do you have these cars? I've just moved to Ella." And he's like doing this horrible delivery. I just got here three weeks ago, and I see that all of the cool people who have all the hot chicks yeah. drive this car, so I need one. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was an incredible scene, but. Then they go to a shipyard, and that's where we find out, like, okay, well, they're going to bring all the cars to the, to this ship and stick them into these these trucks. And Angelina Jolie shows up on a motorcycle, and she's like, all right, I'm in. And then that's just kind of that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So they're staking out cars again, and over the radio, they start playing car trivia, which was really dumb. <laughs> and the detective, this is where the detectives actually see Nick Cage. He's going around taking pictures of cars. So, this movie is really made for people who love cars. Oh my god, it's all about cars. <laughs> so then they find the 67, the Eleanor. And this is where they describe exactly what Hannah described earlier about how it's Nick Cage's favorite car. It's the, it's the one that got away. He's had bad luck with this car before. Nick Cage goes up and he starts like rubbing the car. Again, all sexual-like. <laughs> then, what is this? Oh god, okay. So they're on their way <laughs> back from the tunnel. And they're just driving along after a long night of staking out these cars. And the gang from before that Vinnie Jones beat up just starts following them and, and blocks oh. their car in. And they start shooting at them randomly. It's Nick Cage and, and Giovanni. And Nick here's a few screams. He's like... So they're chasing them on foot now and they're just shooting into this suburban neighborhood in LA and there's just dogs laying around. They're, they like have to run through a pack of dogs. They have to jump over a chicken coop and they make their way to a diner where there's a cop car parked outside. So Nick Cage delivers an incredible line and it goes like this. <laughs> it goes, Look, cop car, uh-huh. Long as I'm in here, you're just going to sit out there, aren't you? I fantastic amazing so they do some maneuvering to get rid of those gangsters and they end up back at uh, robert duvall's chop shop there's just various shouting and yelling and this is because what happens is what hannah described earlier was what was in the original movie where a guy steals a car that's not on the list of cars that they need to steal but it is instead filled with like drugs mm -hmm. so the cop shows up the detective who's not Im timothy oliphant shows up and he's like, hey, man, I thought you, Robert Duvall, were clean. 
why, why do you have this car here? Because it's not as nice as some of these other Ferraris and stuff you've gotten here. And they're like, ah, man, go inside and rev that engine. It's real nice. And they rev the engine because there's a little bit of cocaine on the ground. And the engine blows the cocaine away. It was so unnecessary, this entire scene. Like I said, they only included it as like a homage to the 74 movie. They could have picked any other scene. (laughs) to fit with this movie because that just doesn't fit this this okay but we already talked about the fact that the writing isn't great for this i'm aware anyhow somewhere along the line in this scene nick cage softly whispers to himself so they're getting ready it's the final night they've got 24 hours and in the shop in order to pump everybody up they start playing the song low rider low rider it's a low rider this part broke me because it broke both of us because nick cage puts his hands out and starts wiggling his fingers and like almost doing jazz hands to low rider and then the song kicks in and he waves his hands up and down like a conductor and then he goes okay let's go like no words he's just doing <laughs> like this. he just needed that he just needed in order, it. To, in order to move forward he just needed it so there's a bit of a montage of them stealing a bunch of cars. They go to a garage. They do steal a car by removing the headlight, which... I didn't understand that. No. Hannah, after that scene, Hannah goes, I'm learning nothing about cars from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Only in your post-movie watching research did you learn something about I cars. I learned so much. Yeah. So the cops only saw Nick Cage go to one car in particular, so they're staking it out, right? So they go over to that, Nick Cage goes to that car, they're about to steal it, and Nick Cage sees the cops there, so he's like, all right, we gotta do something different now because the cops are onto us. Everybody meet back at the shop. They meet back at the shop, and they're like, how did the cops find out? Well, it's because somebody who gave us the keys to the car at the dealership must have turned to the cops. That's what they figured out. And they're like, all right, well, let's use these other keys in the other room. And they go into the other room, and what this happens? This is the dumbest thing. This is, this is so stupid. The dog ate the keys. The dog ate the keys. So everybody's looking around like, all right, well, well now what? Can we describe the keys? They're not like house no. keys. No, they're the laser keys or whatever. They're, yeah. they're they like key the, fobs. Yeah. Right. They have the fob on them, and then attached to it is the metal mm-hmm. key piece. Mm-hmm. And they're probably like two by two. So a major plot device in this movie is that they have, they have to, to get the keys out of the dog. <laughs> they have to feed the dog laxatives so that the dog will shit the keys out. And they that delays deba- them they, by hours. They debate whether they should just cut the dog open yeah. or they should just let the dog shit the keys out. Yeah. So they're like, all right, well, while we wait for the dog to take a shit... <laughs> We're going to go steal the rest of the cars, right? So Nick Cage is, once again, he's paired up now with Angelina Jolie, and they go to steal a car from somebody's house, but they have to wait because this guy has a girl over, and he's standing in the window right in front of the car, so they have to wait for the this guy to go have sex with the girl. And because they're watching these people have sex, they both get really turned on, and they start making out. And while they're making out and, like, feeling each other up, Nick Cage cannot shut up about cars. He's just like, I love transmissions, and I don't know anything about cars, so I'm just guessing here. I don't He's remember exactly what he said. He's talking about the gear shift for it's a like, while, it's too. It's like, uh, gear shifting, first, second, third. I, again, I don't, I don't know anything. But we're Hannah and I are sitting there like, wh- is she suddenly attracted to him? Is this suddenly a love story? They've shown no signs of chemistry before this. None. Frustrating. Every movie. 
Yeah, every time. And and by the way, we've mentioned Angelina Jolie a lot so far, but she's like barely in this movie. She also has no character. None. I was going to say like that. No at the personality. End. Yeah. No, none. She's just like there she's to be a girl. The woman. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think other than Angelina Jolie, there are maybe Robert like, Duvall's wife and Nicolas Cage's mom. mom. And there, so there are it. three women in this movie, and they probably have like six lines amongst all of them. Angelina having five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So they're stealing all the cars. They got 45, 48 out of 50. The last one shows up. And the last one to get is Eleanor, right? So Nick Cage has got to go get Eleanor. He goes to get Eleanor. Uh, Angelina Jolie drives him there. The cops show up because they're like, oh, well, you know, that's the most rare car on their list. They figure some shit out. I don't want to get into the details now. But so Nick Cage... He's driving around. He's trying to lose the cops. The cops are chasing him. He, he ends up driving backwards. There's a He does come like face-to-face with a kid in another car and has a really goofy smile at him, which was a fun little touch. So this whole scene yeah. was improvised. Improvise? How do you improvise a car chase? Yeah, exactly. Wait, what? Yeah. This whole... So this this car chase lasts how long? 20 minutes? Yeah, it's, a, it's like the big climax. It's like the action point of the movie. The writers just said... <clears throat> car chase and then they left it at that nobody storyboarded it no so the city of la was pissed because you have to shut down like highways and shit and you know how many cars they wrecked for this not just like the eleanor's oh my god they wrecked all these police cars they wrecked like buses civilian cars things like that that sucks so every so they probably took forever to film this scene because every day they'd apply for like a different permit because they were like okay well now we're gonna do it on this bridge or maybe we won't do it on that bridge tomorrow maybe we'll do it here tomorrow so the whole thing was just improv that's crazy i I know yeah i mean it turned out well yeah i mean it was a decent chase it was very entertaining yeah absolutely I, th- I think this was one and of the better to, and scenes. And re- remember, for the most part, Nick Cage did his own driving stunts, That's which is like crazy. really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, he is making kind of drifts and twists and turns. He did most of the drifting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I said the other day, I don't know if you and I are getting Stockholm Syndrome or not. We're like, wow, we love him. I know. Like when you listen to the earlier episodes of this podcast, we're like, we hate this guy. <laughs> but now we're like, oh, no, it's, really it's pretty impressive. On me. Yeah, same. Not really. Well, so we also <laughs> pose the question at this point. I guess all of these cars are gassed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. <laughs> this car chase lasts forever. Forever. So he's got the cops chasing. He's going like 140. Yeah. Miles per hour. Well, and he goes 140 because the cops are chasing him, and now he's got a helicopter chasing him, and he decides to hit the nitrous. Hit that nitrous, baby. Hit the nitrous. Like, I Drop thought... it to the flow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to take that out. Oh, no. I'm leaving that one in. Oh, God, yeah. So, so anyway, after he drops it to the flow. I just, like, hit that nitrous makes me think of, like, a dance. I mean, but it's from Fast and the Furious, right? Where it's like, hit the nitrous. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But like the way that we said it, we were like, hit that nitrous, baby. Oh my God. Please, please take this out. We'll think about it. I'll see if I can find somewhere easy to cut it. If not, it's staying in. No. So he, he hits the nitrous to escape the, the helicopter. I guess a helicopter can't keep up with a car going that fast. I don't know. There's don't like know. twice that the helicopter can't keep up with right. the car. So he finally finds his way away from all the cops, but his car breaks down. And in order to get it back on, he revs the engine and the cops see him again. Makes noise. Cops see him. 
So he drives to the shipyard, which we thought was weird. Why would he drive? Why would he lead the cops to the shipyard? But I guess it's just a way to make a cool scene because they're just driving around and there's like... It's because they lost their privileges to, to film anywhere else. That's probably true, honestly. So he's driving around. There's like a wrecking ball that's going by and like he, you know, he's narrowly escaping traffic, not just traffic, but like construction crews. And there's like this fuel tank that's going hang And like I said, we're describing this in a matter of two minutes, but this specific scene with yeah. that Eleanor, and I, I mean, that's one of the Eleanors that... I guess, sold for a lot of money. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So this is one of the ones that sold for like a million. Well, they, they used yeah. 12 for this scene. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Seven of them were totaled. So in order to escape the helicopter this time, he drives, apparently there's an underpass under the uh, LAX maybe. I don't know. But so he drives under and there's a plane coming. So the helicopter can't go into the active airfield. So he escapes the helicopter again, but the cops are still after him on the ground so he gets to a bridge where there's an oh accident God. on the bridge and there's a tow truck on the bridge and one of those flatbed tow trucks that's ramped up and he takes one good look at that ramp and ooh baby, he jumps the accident. <laughs> that car literally flies. It might as well have had wings. It was beautiful. So, so I have some facts about that. Okay, great. So like I said, Nick Cage, the only, the only, I mean, I'm sure there were more than just these two things. Like, I'm sure he wasn't actually driving for some of the other more dangerous stunts. Mm-hmm. But the two stunts that are listed on, like, the internet that he wasn't allowed to do, I guess because he wanted to do them himself, <laughs> which doesn't surprise me, right. are the nitrous and then the jumps. And this is, like, the big jump. So the final jump at the Vincent Thomas Bridge, okay. I guess that's the bridge that they were on, mm-hmm. took a full day to film. Mm. An accident was staged that blocked both of the lanes. Um, police cars, ambulances, extras were all set up. The stunt was done in parts. So in the film, you see Eleanor speeding toward the jump, and then it cuts through several scenes. The car launching off the bridge, the brief shot of the Mustang flying through the air is CGI. I don't know if you remember how it looked. It looked I noticed. Pretty bad. Yeah, I noticed how <laughs> CGI that car was for sure. So it come. So the. The shot of the car in the air, CGI, and then it comes down, it brushes off the top of an ambulance, and then crashes back down to the ground. Um, So the first Mustang that they used, the first Eleanor, jumped off the ramp, was destroyed on impact. Mm. The second car was launched off of a larger ramp, survived, but they used, like, some cardboard to cushion the blow. It was damaged, but it wasn't destroyed. A third car was hoisted off of the ground to position it for the flying through the air scene. And then a fourth car was the landing stunt, and it was also destroyed when they jumped it because they let it slam into the concrete on the bridge. So um, they destroyed a lot of cars for this. <laughs> so, yeah, just this one scene destroyed, like, four of them? Yeah. Apparently, um, in the original film, there was another big jump, mm. uh, and the original Eleanor survived and kept rolling. Mm. So they only needed one of the trick cars in order to keep moving instead of like the four that they destroyed just in this scene alone gotcha okay interesting like i said if you i mean if you care about stunts if you care about stunt cars or if you care about cars this is like definitely the movie for you oh totally yeah absolutely so we thought at this point because nick cage after he makes that jump has an outstanding nouveau shamanic style sigh of relief (laughs) just a great face that he makes you know it we know it we love it so We're like, okay, well, the countdown should come up, and there will be 60 seconds left. This movie is called Gone in 60 Seconds. 
and he shows up to the carpenter's place and he goes, hey, I'm sorry I'm 12 minutes late. <laughs> the hell, man? Why not get it in under the wire? I don't, I don't, look, I, you know, I'm not a writer. So apparently the 60 seconds, there is a scene when they're at an impound lot and there's okay. a sign on the impound lot that says, if you abandon your car for more than 60 seconds, it will be gone. That was not addressed. No, <laughs> I kind of wish you didn't tell me that I'm because sorry. that angers me more. I think that it was made a bigger point in the original movie. Yeah, I mean, it is a remake and that's why they, well, not like a remake, reboot No, or it is a remake. It's okay. not a reboot. Gotcha. So it's a remake. A tribute. So, yeah, that's why it's named that. But that is so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. We both were like, he's back. He's got 60 seconds he's and then he'll be gone. <laughs> yeah. And then the cars will all be gone and the cops will show up and will be like, nah, you can't do anything to me because you have no proof or some shit. Right? Even though they have they clear have evidence. Mi- millions of <laughs> pieces of proof. Uh, uh, so he shows up to the, to the carpenter and says, sorry, I'm 12 minutes late. And he has a, he has a nice little tirade, which I think I'll insert here. I just stole 50 cars for you in one night. All right, I'm a little tired, a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. Love it. Yeah. So that's good. I don't know that we can classify that as a scream. He more just raises his voice. He doesn't really scream. Yeah, yeah. So. It's not like he's calm. Right. But he doesn't, he's not his normal self in the screaming department. Sure, throughout this movie. But that scene also wasn't his normal character like that was pretty out of character from <laughs> for him anyway. any 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 time that he has a tirade like that it's yeah, very true. out of character anyway so he gets knocked out by the carpenter and he's got two guys pointing guns at him about to kill him and at the last minute the coach from remember the titans and giovanni <laughs> Rubisi show up and they fight off those two guys and he has a big showdown with the carpenter where he breaks one of his prized chairs <laughs> that part we were like wait Oh, right. They call him the carpenter. Like, it was mentioned once throughout the movie. We had to think about it. So there's so upset. Yeah, there's a bit of a shootout, and then the the detective shows up. Not Timothy Oliphant, the other detective shows up. And there's kind of three of them. They're, like, walking around this junkyard trying to figure out where to go and all that. And the, the carpenter finds the cop before he finds Nick Cage and points a gun at him. And they've got guns pointed at each other. And Nick Cage pushes the carpenter off a ledge and, and the carpenter falls to his death. And the the cop turns to Nick Cage and goes, you know what, I see what you're doing here. A brother's love is a brother's love. Why don't you get out of here, Nick Cage? It just lets him go. It just lets him go. A brother's love, a brother's is, a love brother's is a brother's love. Brother's love. And that's it. And yeah, then I felt that I felt that deeply. And then it's like the next day or something. They're having a barbecue at Robert Duvall's place. <laughs> Nick Cage and Angelina Jolie are making out in front of everybody. She is she has dreadlocks again. She has dreadlocks again that Hannah had that tirade about earlier. And that we may not have kept in. <laughs> that we may or may not have kept it. <laughs> Vinnie Jones, we didn't mention earlier, but he doesn't speak the entire movie. He's the Sphinx, so he's, he's silent. And then at the end, he recites poetry or something. He just says something very astute yeah. in his accent. In his Australian accent. And then the whole crew said, hey, we pitched in and we bought you a 67 Ford, whatever it is. The What was the name of the car? Eleanor. Uh, yeah, yeah, but like, what's the, the model? I, it doesn't uh, matter. The 1967 uh, Ford Shelby Ford Mustang Shelby. GT500. So we got you an Eleanor. And he and Angelina Jolie drive off in an Eleanor. 
and the credits start rolling and you can only hear the car break down and he just goes, oh, don't do this to me. And the credits continue. And then that's the movie. Booyah. Any closing thoughts? I have a few. I'm going to go out and buy a 1967. (laughs) For a million dollars. GT500 Shelby. Perfect. So this movie is incredibly cheesy, but (laughs) it's kind of what you want. There are several bad plot devices between the dog, the (laughs) the sex, the carpenter, and a brother's love. All of those make no sense for plot devices. I wish that this was a part of the golden cage. Mm, You know, this feels like it should be. Yeah. This is similar to a feeling of Con Air. it, It absolutely is. Or The Rock. That's very true. It's like action for the sake of action. Mm-hmm. Things blowing up for the sake of things blowing oh, yeah. up. Oh, yeah. I also was very confused about what Nicolas Cage's character and Angelina Jolie's character were. They had no character traits. Nick Cage has had more character traits than Angelina Jolie. I guess. She was literally just there to be a woman. That's true. And uh, I said, I feel like this is the perfect movie to watch while you're doing something else. You know, like you're doing the dishes or, you know, you're kind of oh, like, yeah, you don't need to focus. On yeah, you don't need to focus. You know what happens. You're, yeah, exactly. Although if you came back in and you were waiting for the and you, you came back in and you were watching the dog scene and didn't the dog pooping out the, <laughs> That's true. the keys and That's you didn't true. understand what was going on before that, you'd be pretty confused. Right. Like if you were cooking or something and you had to go flip something <laughs> when they talked about the dog eating the keys and came back. Yeah, that's that. That's hilarious. That's a good point. <laughs> So, closing thoughts are done. How about some Nick Cage awards? Best supporting actor. The dog. It's gotta be. (laughs) Incredible. Best dressed. So I didn't mention, but in the final... we haven't even talked about his outfits. In the the final chase, he's wearing like a long black leather jacket and sunglasses, which is good. That's probably his most iconic, but is there any other best dressed scenes? I I can't think of any. No. Okay. There was something that was removed from the movie. Mm. The first time... That they go to scope out the Eleanor, apparently in the, in a cut scene or in the original writing, uh, Nick Cage was supposed to be dressed up like an elderly man. What? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's so frustrating that they didn't leave that in. That'd be hilarious. And then there was something about Vinnie Jones's character with that too. Let me find it because I was confused. Okay. Oh wow! On IMDb. There's a list of all the cars with their code names, all 50. Oof. Oh, apparently this was an earlier draft of the script and they had it in there because it was from the original 1974 movie. So that's why they included it. Okay. But uh, Nicolas Cage puts on a disguise that makes him look like an old man when he goes to steal Eleanor the same way that the lead character in the original did. So I guess it's when just when he steals it. Oh. Also, the reason why the Sphinx, Vinnie Jones, was called the Sphinx was because he originally was written to have no nose. Oh. <laughs> and he had a pair of glasses that had a fake nose that he wore only during the overnight boost. <laughs> Like what? the Sphinx in like the, yeah. in Egypt, how that has no nose. That's why he's called the Sphinx. That is <laughs> exceptionally more dumb. It I reminds me of um, yeah. Never on Tuesday. Oh, how he had a long nose. And he called himself Pinocchio, but that was never <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> Incredible. Love it. All right, our next award. What was the worst Nick Cage scene? probably the scene with him and angelina jolie like having sex having well not even yeah just making out in the car and him talking about that cars. was really bad 
It was pretty awful. All right. I like it. <laughs> what was the best Nick Cage scene? Is it the chase? Yeah, it's got to be the chase. I think so, too. Also, I mean, just props to him. Yeah, because he did most he of the did driving. most of the driving himself, and that's really impressive. All right. Best Nick Cage scream. I think it's the... I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so You'll weird. You'll insert it. Uh, yeah, I'll have it, you know, previously, like 20 minutes ago or whenever we talked about it. just comes it. out of nowhere. Oh, totally. Yeah, why does he say I? Like uh, that? I don't know. <laughs> Great. And the most nouveau shamanic moment. I have a feeling that it is when he dresses up to go to the Porsche dealership. Ooh, I was going to say the way he dances to Lowrider. Oh, that's also good. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, what do you think was the weirder acting choice? I think, I have a feeling that the Porsche thing was in the script, that he's supposed to be acting like hoity-toity, and that right. was just his version of that, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that that lowrider thing was not in the script, so no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to lowrider just I, for, I, that, for that purpose. I'm on board. I think you and I agree on everything this time. Okay. We usually do. Yeah, we do. Because <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care. So, <laughs> so all right, Nick Cage Awards, where are we ranking this one? Yeah, I... Like we said, there's not that many screams. Yeah. But it's still pretty cagey. Totally. So are we going to rank it somewhere along the lines of like a Con Air or The Rock? I think I think a little lower than that. Okay. All right. So let's go down from The Rock. The Rock is ranked number 11 currently. So just below that is 8mm, then Honeymoon in Vegas, then Birdie. Above Honeymoon in Vegas, below 8mm. All right. Do you agree? It's tough. Yeah, I think it's fine. I, he's, I think he's cagier in 8mm. That whole beginning scene. I don't even remember 8mm. The beginning oh, he was scene. like pretending to be on the phone talking to everybody. Yeah. Are you thinking of Snake Eyes? Shit, you're right. Snake what Eyes. What was 8mm about? 8mm was the <laughs> snuff film. That was the really dark noir film. Oh, yeah. never mind. I was thinking Snake Eyes above 8mm. Above a below million. the rock. Below the rock. Okay. So do that... you think, or do you think above the rock? Uh, I didn't like this movie as much as you did. I would put it way lower, but you're kind of the the lead when it comes to the ranking system. So I think it deserves to be above eight millimeter in a on a kg scale. Fair enough. All right, we'll put it there. That'll put it at number twelve out of thirty five, thirty six, something like that. All right. Next week, do you know what we're watching? I've te- is it the family man i've teased it several times it's the family man baby wow. so, <laughs> so is this the one that you think might be a good opportunity for us to switch roles nah, he doesn't switch bodies with somebody no, else we really we missed our opportunity with face up face off yeah is that an appropriate saying screwed the pooch yeah that's fine okay I i've heard it people on... are offended by that who animal rights activists yeah <laughs> it's fine <laughs> You know, all those animal rights activists that <laughs> listen. listen to our podcast. Yeah, if you're an animal rights activist and you listen, write in. And you're offended by me saying screw the pooch, let me know. Yeah, yeah, write in. <laughs> Tell your friends. Anyway, okay, so next week is The Family Man. I've seen, that's probably only the second movie of all these movies that I've seen before. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, this will be good. I'm excited. Cool, cool. It's, it's a Christmas 2000, movie. 2000. Yeah, yeah. So we're still in 2000, and then I believe that's it for 2000 and i think move so on to 2001 mm-hmm. cool great anything else to add han no i'm i'm excited to get into the 2000s because this is when we start to see a little bit more of nick cage's like financial mishaps yeah his personal life really comes through yeah oh 
No. Okay. He's still married. I think. Was it 2001 I they get divorced? I think it's 2001 he gets divorced. So okay. we'll talk about that. And I, I have a really good um, interview with uh, Patricia Arquette Ooh. about her talking about their marriage Ooh. years later. Okay. Like, it, I don't think it's bitter or it was like amicable pointed. yeah okay. exactly. well I don't, I don't know if it was amicable but like it was far enough in in the future that i don't think there were any like really hard feelings still. gotcha okay so yeah that's that all right and now you know why the nick cage bird sings thanks for listening guys take care now